Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the cash advance program. And up first in today's country comment, we'll have details on last week's Manitoba Beef Producers Annual General Meeting. We'll hear from General Manager Carson Callum. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Beef Producers held its annual general meeting last week. General Manager Carson Callum gave his annual address. But once we got further in the season, it was clear that rains weren't weren't going to come in a sufficient amount to recharge pastures and improve crop and hay growth. So MBP shifted its focus from water to feed availability, which has become a major issue, which had become a major issue all across Western Canada and Northwest Ontario. Industry worked together to address some of the short-term challenges, such as changes to uh, MASC's programming to encourage grain producers to convert damage or poor crops to feed options for cattle. Also triggering the hay disaster benefit for those with forage policies. Advocacy efforts were done on the provincial and federal level in collaboration with the Canadian Cattlemen's Association and our counterparts in various provincial and national cattle groups and other uh, provincial industry groups such as Keystone Agriculture Producers and Manitoba Forage and Grasslands. This advocacy effort, such as hosting the Agriculture and Agri-Food Minister Miracle Bibo and other respected officials from provincial and federal governments to help bring the issue to front of mind, resulted in a substantial amount of dollars being committed to the agri-recovery framework, which is really a disaster assistance framework for programs to be developed under. MBP sought a two-stage approach. One was a per-head payment to assist in in the extraordinary costs associated with maintaining a producer's herd, and the second was a program to support producers for them to have support to rebuild to pre-drought levels. MBP was pleased to see that there was a multi-stage program announced, and has continued to seek adjustments to the current program to make it responsive to producers and the expenses that they incurred. I strongly encourage for producers to look at the programs before the deadline uh, for applications is in, especially on the feed assistance program and consider the herd rebuild as some of the recent changes for expansion of eligibility uh, should provide benefit. Many of the support programs for the ag sector come from the Canadian Agriculture Partnership, which ends on March 2023. MBP has been taking part in many consultations for the next policy framework, which will will support future program funding streams. When we look ahead to new government policies, climate change is going to be a common theme in many government departments. And there will be a big focus going forward on efforts to reduce its impact in the agriculture sector. The beef industry has the opportunity to be a major champion in this area, given the ecosystem services it provides while producing a high quality product. I believe the environmental benefits beef production provides are key to leveling the playing field between beef and other commodities. For example, if a producer can see a financial return for maintaining grassland habitats, we may see a slowdown in conversion of some of these native grasslands to commodity producing grain land. Maintaining precious habitats have many societal benefits as well. And I see this as a major opportunity for the beef industry moving forward. Protein is a major focus of Manitoba agriculture. Over the year, I've been involved in multiple engagement with the protein strategy, recommending what would be beneficial to the beef sector, such as recognition recognition of those ecosystem goods and services. 
I cannot look back on 2021 without commenting on COVID-19 pandemic's impact and its continued impacts. It still impacts how we're able to conduct business and advance files. However, the team has still done a great job in accomplishing a great deal with the hand we were dealt. I want to thank the board uh, for their phenomenal effort and dedication to the industry during a difficult time, even when these difficult times were hitting their own operations just as hard as all our members. That was Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum speaking last week during the group's annual general meeting. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Beef producers got an update on the markets last week. At Manitoba Beef Producers' annual general meeting, Brian Peria with Canfax said demand was strong in 2021. Besides the real blip in 2020 when, uh, you know, the packing plants went down, you know, we have had record high uh, wholesale beef prices starting the year here for 2022. Uh, there's a little bit of Omicron issues at the plants, you know, minor slowdowns. Uh, but again, we always see these little hiccups and instantly kind of beef shoots higher and cattle prices go down. We just get this backlog almost instantly, uh, very minor again. But again, we're not processing all the cattle in a timely manner. And uh, that puts pressure on our cattle prices. And 4-H Canada will be inducting Don Krinka of Brandon as a lifetime honorary member for her contributions to the organization. Krinka will be presented with the title at the 2022 4-H Canada Leadership Awards, taking place virtually on February 23rd. I was very excited and honoured to um, receive the award. I was very pleased that um, someone had valued my work enough to make the nomination. So, yes, I was really, really thrilled. Krinka grew up on a beef and sheep farm in the United Kingdom. Her involvement with 4-H Manitoba began in 2006 when she came aboard as a part-time administrator. By 2014, she had taken on the role of office manager and in 2018 was appointed executive director. Krinka retired at the end of last year. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, February 14th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler will have details on the CCGA's involvement with the Cash Advance Program. The Canadian Canola Growers Association is now accepting applications for the 2022 Cash Advance Program. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talked with Dave Gallant, the CCGA's Director of Finance and Operations, to get all the details. Once again, it's that time of year. Farmers are are busy preparing for spring seeding and are thinking about taking out that cash advance. And this year, the Canadian Canola Growers Association is giving farmers a little more time to do this. That is correct, Glendalee. We uh, we started the program about a week week and a half earlier than normal, and our goal was just to give farmers extra time to get the forms completed, get their crop insurance information in, signatures signed, whatever's required so that they can have the cash advance done and ready to go so we can deposit it in their bank account on April the 1st. Let's remind everybody about the details of the program and how it works, if you would. Sure. So the the cash advance is a federal government program. The first $100,000 is interest-free. There is no fee at CCGA for a cash advance. And the overall limit of the program is a million dollars. And so on the remaining $900,000, CCGA loans that to farmers at prime minus three quarters of a percent. So today, prime is 2.45%, which means on the extra $900,000, a farmer would pay 
7% interest, which gives you a, a blended rate of 1.5% on a million dollars. Now that's tied to today's prime. We've heard from Bank of Canada that prime rate will go up, so those rates will move, uh, but we will always be three quarters of a percent below CIBC prime at any time. And again, when we're talking about this cash advance, it's it covers 50 commodities. That is correct. We actually do just over 50. We do about 55 different commodities, including uh, all your grains, oil seeds, pulses, specialty crops, livestock, cattle, bison, sheep and goats, as well as honey. And I think the thing one to note is that this year, given that market values for commodities are so much higher than they were last year, the federal government has raised the cash advance rates. So, for example, canola this year is $363.75 a ton. Last year was $252 uh, a ton. That means that for the same amount of grain or the same number of acres, farmers are likely to be able to receive anywhere from 25 to 35% more money for their cash advance than they did in the prior year. And again, we talked about canola here, but we'll see that fluctuate for the other crops as well. Uh, exactly. So every crop has changed values differently. So for instance, wheat is up about $44 a ton. Durham is up just under $80 a ton. Some other crops like oats are $60 a ton. Lentils are up almost $120 a ton. So Again, if you go to our website at ccga.ca, you can see all the rates for all the 55-plus products that we deliver cash advances on, uh, and that will help you determine how much cash flow you can generate from this year's seeding intentions. For producers interested in applying, how can they do so? Well, if you're an existing customer and you've got access to our secure site, you can apply online anytime that's convenient for you. In fact, we've just changed that process to make it even more convenient by internally streamlining the advanced application process. Or anybody can certainly call our our 1-800 number. Our contact center is more than happy to help farmers complete their forms. That number is 1-866-745-2256. And if you're a new customer, somebody who's not used the program before and you're interested in, in participating, call that number because those folks will walk you through the process, complete the form for you, and mail it out to you for signature so that it takes about 15, 20 minutes on average to get your new form sent to you via email. And fairly quick turnaround on this? Well, right now we're taking pre-applications. We actually can't issue money until April the 1st. So our goal is over the next seven weeks, we are going to take as many applications as possible from farmers so that we can have that money issued on April the 1st. And if you remember last year, Glenda, we broke a record and issued over 1,500 advances on April the 1st. And and we're shooting to break that record again. Uh, And once we're into April, our goal is to turn around an advance application once it's completed to us in anywhere from three to five days. And the application deadline? Uh, Right now, uh, farmers will be able to sign up for a 2022 cash advance up until March 31st, 2023. But farmers also still have the availability to sign up for a 2021 cash advance. That deadline date is March 31st of this year. So anybody who doesn't have a cash advance yet could still take out a cash advance for the 2021 program. If you take an advance out on April the 1st, it will be due on September the 30th if it's a grain advance of 2023. So it's up to 18 months for grains and oil seeds. And if it's a livestock advance, it's up to 24 months. So uh, a farmer taking out an advance on cattle, for instance, on April 1, would have until March 31st, 2024 to repay that advance. 
And what kind of uptake do we generally see with the cash advance program? Uh, last year, uh, in spite of the drought, which did decrease our numbers, we issued almost $1.5 billion to over 8,000 farmers. In the West? In the West. So we service Manitoba, Saskatchewan, BC, and uh, Alberta. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? I think for, for farmers, what we want them to be aware of is that with those interest rates of interest-free on $100,000 and below prime on, a, on the remaining $900,000, uh, this can be a very low-cost form of working capital financing for your farm. Uh, it's very flexible in terms of you repay as you deliver, so you don't have to have cash flow at the end of the month to pay off a loan. You pay as you deliver. And for newer farmers and those getting into the industry, this only requires your inventory as collateral or in the case of an advance on grain that's not yet produced, you need to have crop insurance or agri-stability or global ag-risk. So it's a very convenient tool for farmers to use to maximize their revenue on their farm as well as help them market their product in the fall without having to sell to generate cash flow. And once again, as, as Dave mentioned, more information is available on the website at www.ccga.ca. I've been talking with Dave Gallant, the Director of Finance and Operations at the Canadian Canola Growers Association. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Manitoba Organic Alliance annual meeting is taking place via Zoom tomorrow. You can register on their website. With Crop Connect 2022 being cancelled, individual organizations are hosting their AGMs virtually this week. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers AGM will take place February 16th at 9 a.m. Manitoba Oak Growers February 16th at 1 p.m. Manitoba Canola Growers February 17th at 9 a.m. And the Manitoba Crop Alliance February 17th starting at 1 p.m. And Farm Credit Canada will be hosting the Future of Food Conference webinar on February 22nd. Visit the FCC website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Crops recently published a document exploring a code of practice for the Canadian grain industry. Chairman Jason Lenz talked about the aforementioned white paper. Well, it's been a busy year um, for the steering committee of the CRSC, for sure, over the last uh, year. Um, well, really since April, once uh, the first round of consultations on that draft uh, wrapped up, and uh, we, we had all the feedback recorded, and, um, you know, from there, our steering committee uh, went through that feedback, incorporated some of uh, that feedback into uh, what a possible second draft of, of uh, responsible grain could look like, but more importantly, we needed to answer some of the questions that came from that feedback from that consultation. And, and one of the big questions there was, you know, the reasons why um, the Canadian grain industry needs uh, a proof of sustainability tool, something like a code of practice or otherwise. So um, that white paper is really a very broad analysis from the whole value chain um, that took place uh, on really 
what are the drivers that are, you know, that our grain buyers are facing, grain processors, and even food distributors. You know, what are their customers telling them that they need um, and as far as proof of sustainability and sustainable practices from Canadian grains? So that's really what the, what's in the white, white paper. It's kind of the why documents, and uh, there's been a ton of work that went into it. Something like 25 different interviews were conducted with members of the grain value chain, and all that was put together and uh, has been distributed to um, all the grower organizations across the country, both provincially and nationally. And uh, uh, coming up in February, um, later on here in February, we're, we're going to continue on with a series of engagement sessions with all those people that uh, – took part in and, and uh, contributed to the consultation on that first draft. Yeah, and I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about some of the engagement sessions going on f- for the white paper right now. Um, can you talk about what's what's going on and, and some of the early feedback there? Yeah, uh, for sure. That's a, that's a really important piece for us and, and, you know, especially for our steering committee and as, the, as chair of the steering committee, um, our, our our committee really wanted to make sure we got it done right, and we we're trying to be as uh, transparent and and open as possible, and and uh, show show everyone, um, you know, all farmers and 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 staff from these groups, um, you know, what's what's in that white paper, and and uh, here's here's what we found out, basically an analysis of it. So, we've held three sessions to date. Um, they were all basically the same sessions with uh, uh, a couple of different panel members um, on, on each session, but uh, the presentation of the white paper was exactly the same. And, and those sessions were really targeted towards those provincial grower organizations as well as our national organizations. So those farmers that are involved there, you know, the directors and the staff of those organizations have a good understanding of uh, what the white paper is and, and we had to, you know, the CRSC, uh, we had to show that we listened. You know, we had to, let, we had to show that we listened and, and uh, came back with them with, with some answers um, after that first consultation last year. All right. And um, Jason, any, any other thoughts on, on where you guys are at or, or what the next steps will be here? Yeah. Well, like I mentioned, we have two more, um, you know, broad, section, broad engagement sessions coming up that are open to, any farmer or, or any anyone across Canada really that, that is interested in, in hearing, um, you know, what's in the white paper and, and uh, you know, have a real good chance to ask some questions. Um, we've had uh, over 150 people, um, you know, through, through these first three sessions, and we expect a fairly broad or a large number for these next two as well. So, um we want to be as open and transparent and, and provide as many answers as we can. And, and we've offered the opportunity for all of these green grower organizations to, um, you know, we, we've given them two opportunities. And, and some of them have already taken some, some of it up in that, you know, we said if you want to have more of an individual group uh, session with the CRSC to, you know, further ask some questions and provide input, um, that's already happening. There's been a couple of groups that have requested that already, and that'll be coming up here in February. But we also asked all those groups that engaged with us to 
provide a written submission back to CRSC as far as, you know, kind of what they heard, um, whether they understand and agree with what they've seen in the white paper and the need to continue on with, with developing some sort of tool um, uh, for sustainability for our, our green industry. That was Jason Lenz. He's the chairman of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Crops. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Don Krinka of Brandon will be inducted by 4-H Canada as a lifetime honorary member for her contributions to the organization. Krinka will be presented with the title at the 2022 4-H Canada Leadership Awards taking place virtually February 23rd. Just like to say thank you to the people who made the nomination um, and obviously the people that I've worked with throughout the 15 years that I've been in 4-H, all my colleagues at Manitoba Agriculture who've supported me and um, always been there. And, you know, since 2015, when we've had our own staff in the 4-H office, the team of people that I've worked with there, I'm very grateful to them all. Krinka grew up on a beef and sheep farm in the United Kingdom. Her involvement with 4-H Manitoba began in 2006 when she came aboard as a part-time administrator. By 2014, she had taken on the role of office manager and in 2018 was appointed executive director. She retired at the end of last year. And Manitoba beef producers held its annual general meeting last week. Brian Peria with Canfax gave a cattle market update. Obviously, very strong demand. We've seen amazing international demand. Just got our export numbers, you know, uh, for 2021. Record setting by far, you know, uh, as to where we were. And domestic and, uh, you know, U.S., North American demand, we can call it very, very strong as well. He says besides the blip in 2020 when packing plants went down, we've had record high wholesale beef prices. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details from the 2022 Seed Summit. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.